Hello and welcome to The Graduate Teacher, a podcast for early career teachers by an early career teacher. And welcome to episode one. So the purpose of this episode is really to introduce you to this podcast and to kind of reflect on 2021 my very first year of teaching and kind of give you some context for um, future episodes. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about my experiences of how I got a job um, and how that has impacted on um, some of my teaching journey. I'm also going to talk about some of the challenges that I faced Um, during my first year. I'm going to talk about some surprises and then I'm going to talk about successes and standouts, some of the really positives that have come out of um, my very first year. Um, And then to wrap it all up, I'm going to then share my learnings, the things that I've kind of taken away from my first year of teaching um, and what I'm going into this year knowing that I want to improve on. So um, without further ado, let's get started. So my name is Chloe and I live in South Australia um, in quite, um, in kind of the rural, rural regional areas of South Australia. And I am just beginning my second year of teaching. So I graduated in 2020 had my graduation in 2021, which is my first year of teaching. Um, And now I am in my second year of teaching. So I'm going to take you back to October of 2020. And for me, it was a time when I was um, finishing my final placement, wrapping up my internship. Um, I was finishing up my assignments. I pretty much submitted everything and I was just kind of waiting for all of the uni stuff just to finish all the grades to come out and um, finally get my registration. Now, July, August, September, October, all that time during the year is generally when schools start um, releasing advertisements for positions. So it was around the end of September that um, one of the larger Catholic schools in my area released a whole bunch of jobs. So I applied for a bunch of them. I think about three of them. Um, One was like upper primary and there was two in um, kind of the middle primary high school area. Um, and then as I was waiting for that one to come back, another one popped up at a smaller Catholic school about half an hour from where I live. And immediately I jumped on this job. Um, it was only one position that was advertised, um, because I had been on placement at this school in 2019 and I left that placement just gushing. I was like, this was an amazing experience. And if I could end up anywhere, I would preferably love to be able to teach at this school. It was my dream school, just to sum it up, to give it a bit of a name, my dream school. 
Um, so I applied for four jobs in total um, across two different schools. Um, at the same time, one of my really close friends from university who I had also um, done my internship with, we both had an internship at the same school just in different year levels. Um, she had also applied at these two schools. Um, now, mind you, the smaller school had only one position available and the other school had a few more. Um, so we both applied for these jobs um, and we both got interviews, which was really, really exciting, extremely nerve wracking. Um, and I was very thankful at that moment that I had done so much research into teaching. So um, in my spare time, I like to jump on Instagram, jump on YouTube, jump on podcasts um, and listen and watch to other teachers. And that's kind of part of the reason why I'm here is because um, I gained a lot of ex- lot of knowledge from these teachers um, and a lot of great advice. Um, but also what I was missing was somebody who was much closer to my experiences, someone I could like follow along on the journey in today's context. Now, don't get me wrong. I love um, learning from experienced teachers and all of the teachers that I follow on Instagram, on YouTube, listen to on podcasts. They're all brilliant and have such great things to say. But for me, I wanted, I was lacking that, um, connection to someone who was like right where I was. Um, so that's kind of why, why I'm here. I'm ch- hoping to kind of fill in a little gap and help other early career teachers who are just starting um, kind of grow with me and kind of share these experiences with you guys so that you can see what it's the raw of what it is like to be an early career teacher without having um, an experienced teacher having to kind of step back and reflect and kind of summarize it. Um, I'm living it now. So it's kind of much, I feel like it's more raw and you get more of the, a little bit of the emotional, how I'm feeling in the moment um, and a little bit more of the details rather than me in um, five to 10 years time reflecting on it. So that's kind of like why I'm here. So as part of my little research that I was doing, I came across a podcast called Teachers Need Teachers. Such a great podcast. And they do a series on interviewing. Now, mind you, a lot of the things that I follow are American based and this podcast is. Um, But still, it's very transferable. Um, There are a few things that don't quite um, relate to us here in Australia, but um, most of it is gold. And it had a lot of like principals coming in, people that would be on panels um, and she interviewed them and gave kind of like advice and tips and things that schools were looking for in answers, the kind of questions to expect, that sort of stuff. Um, What to wear, um, how uh, to be and hold yourself and all that sort of stuff. So, when I got the interview, as much as I was really nervous, um, I was also felt comfortable in um, going in and not being surprised by anything. Now, don't get me wrong. <laughs> there were a few tricky questions that popped up that kind of stumped me a little bit and I had to stop 
and think, but I would never have done that if I didn't listen to that podcast. I would have tried to fumble my way through from the get-go without having like taking a second to pause and to contemplate before speaking. And that is totally fine. Like it doesn't make you seem like you don't know what you're doing. Um, it doesn't make you look dumb or less than <laughs> uh, what you are. It actually takes um, a lot of courage and bravery to stop and think and it shows that you're reflective and you're um, considerate. Um, so I definitely recommend to doing that. So I went on to this interview on a Friday um, and I drove up to the school. I had the interview with the principal in the app room and um, generally I felt really, really good at good about it. So I left the interview with a huge smile on my face and um, I just generally felt really positive, um, which was surprising. I was kind of expecting to come out of the interview feeling a little deflated or um, always, like spending the whole ride home being like, oh, I should have said this, I should have said this. And mind you, I did a little bit of that, but not as much as I thought I was going to. So it was generally really, really positive. Um, and then come the following Monday after the interview, it's like eight o'clock at night and I finished eating tea, settling down and I get a phone call and it's the principal from the school that I had this interview at. Um, and at first I thought it wasn't a positive. It was like reflecting on my um, interview and it, I thought there was like a but coming. That's kind of how it felt that it was leading into um, but she offered me a job and um, I was amazed. I was so thrilled and um, I took the job. Uh, she offered me full time um, in a, she said possibly four or five, which ended up being the case. I was in a four or five class last year. Um, and yeah, I took it right then and there and um, it felt amazing to finally um, have something that kind of like, you know, you've been working so long and so hard to reach an end goal. And I finally had something that um, was worth it, kind of like that showed that my hard work was worth it. Um, and at my dream school, which was even better, I was so excited. Um, but then, <laughs> then I remembered uh, my friend and I was like, oh, there was, there was only one job. Like logically she couldn't have gotten it uh, if I did anyway. Um, but then I, I kind of left it. I didn't talk, like message her or anything. I was just kind of waiting for her to message me to say, oh, I didn't get the job or I got the job or whatever. So I messaged her and I was like, how'd you go? Um, and she was like, I got offered a full-time job. And we were both just dumbfounded we're like in total disbelief that we both have gotten full-time jobs at the same school so we were thrilled by that and got really excited by that and it actually turned out to be one of the best things that could have happened to us in our first year of teaching we did have another friend from university who went come through at the same time um join us from like middle of term two. So we had a teacher leave on maternity leave. So she kind of replaced that and um, taught with us for the rest of the year. They were both in R1s and I was in four fives. Um, and just to have each other to support, listen to, um, ask questions to, 
we would carpool um, up and back um, because like I said earlier, it's a school is 30 minutes away from where we live. Um, so to save petrol um, and just to have company on the way up and back, it was just such a positive experience and we we shared a lot and um, grew closer together and then we grew professionally as well from that. So um, it was really um, one of the best things that could have come out of um, my first year of teaching and um, something that I'm very, very grateful for because without that, I don't know how I would have gone um, just to have that emotional support there. So that's how I got the job. Let's move into some of the challenges of my first year of teaching. So one one of the most challenging things that I had faced throughout the whole year was managing behaviour. Now, in university, we have a course on managing behaviour, um, but it's kind of general, kind of broad. And obviously, um, as I tell you, and as you learn from experience, it's not a one size fits all sort of thing. So, when I got the job, straight away I was in prep mode. So, from October until school started in January, I was prepping, I was planning, I was um, making resources, buying resources, I was creating like classroom decor, like the schedule and all that sort of stuff. So, by the time it came to moving into the classroom, I had so much stuff to ring over, so much. And I spent a lot of time at school, like setting up the classroom and whatever. And I don't regret doing that. I think a lot of teachers, when they look back on it, they regret spending so much time and um, so much money and all that sort of stuff. And even some of the teachers that were coming in and out during the holidays at that time were like, whoa, you must like sleep here. Ha ha. Um, <laughs> Um, but actually, uh, at this stage, I, st- I don't regret doing it. I think for me and my personality, that's what I needed. Um, and it just makes me feel good and prepared and organized. Um, so I spent all that. So uh, by the time it was approaching school, like I had my first two weeks sorted and from my internship, I knew how important it was to set up for success and to have all your routines set out and spend time learning and learning explicitly how to do those and uh, practicing and then all the whole uh, relationship building and setting up uh, a positive classroom atmosphere. I had that all set. I was like, yes, this is going to be a great start um, to the term that's going to set me up for the rest of the year. And then I had a meeting with the other four or five teacher about like planning, like divvying it up, what we'd plan, the ideas, the themes, all that sort of stuff. And she mentioned how she was starting like the Jolly Phonics program in week one. And um, and then, then in week two, she was like starting, I don't know, reading or something like that. And then I instantly went into like freak out mode, like, oh my gosh, she started the curriculum week one. What, um, like, what am I going to do? Because I really feel like what I've planned is really important. I don't want to compromise that, but also I don't want to be seen as doing something different from the four or five class because the general thing at the moment is like team, like teaching and being really consistent across class classrooms in terms of planning and content that's being taught. Obviously, you cater it towards your students, but um, kind of having that collaboration there, which is important. It's great. So I kind of like 
like really like hung on to that idea of like I can't be different. So I changed it. I I um, kind of rushed through, like I taught the expectations and procedures and routines and whatever and I um, did all like some of the games and setting up for success stuff but I wasn't consistent on it. I didn't practice it. I just kind of rushed through it and didn't touch it again and that set me up for failure for the rest of the year. I was not consistent in my behavior management from then. I um, was always caught up in um, getting through things and make sure I'm getting tasks done instead of responding to my class's needs. I was, the kids knew that they would never get, hardly ever get more than a reminder. If they did, it was a once-off thing. Like Miss Cole must have been really upset that day. <laughs> um, and I actually got a com- comment from my principal at the end of the year that she, what she had observed was that the students were in charge. Um, and that was really painful to hear, but I knew that it wasn't a false statement. I don't think it was a hundred percent true, but I definitely felt like, um, I didn't have control over the classroom a hundred percent and that impacted on my well-being. It impacted on how, Um, well, we got through tasks um, and instruction and just how we worked as a class. Um, So yeah, that was a really big challenge. And then the second challenge that I want to talk to you about is, and something that really impacted me mentally, was um, the whole idea of what I was taught at uni for education to be like, what teaching and pedagogy and all that sort of stuff to what it was like in reality. So it, I knew that it wouldn't match what I was taught and I knew that it would be a challenge to kind of do what um, I was taught in the classroom but what I wasn't prepared for was how difficult it would be um, and how easy um, it was to fall into the system of, you know, like teachers who have been teaching for many years who haven't changed or if they have, it's only like small little increments at a time. Um, and then just some, not all schools and not all teachers, because that's a big generalization. Um, but just in my context, um, I was struggling with, I the in my head, I was having this bit of an internal battle. In my head, I wanted what I wanted teaching to be like, what kind of teacher I wanted to be versus what I was actually doing. And I didn't want to be doing what I was doing. That's the stupid thing. Um, But I felt like I had to be doing that. I felt pressured to be doing that. Or I was like in like too many different, spinning my mind in too many different ways where I couldn't focus on one thing. And that's kind of like one of the surprises how easy it was for me to fall into the system because all throughout uni, they were like, oh, you're going to have to fight for this. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, that I'll be fine. I'll, you know, I'm passionate enough about this. Like, I'll do it. But when you're just trying to learn the school, how to communicate with all the different people, whether it's students, um, families, other teachers, staff, ESOs, Um, And just trying to figure out how to function in a school, um, everything else kind of gets lost. 
and you're just like, it's just easier for my sanity to just do what they're asking me to do. But it wasn't actually. <laughs> um, I don't know if it would have been at worst, but I think for me, I, I feel like I would have felt better if I was still busting my ass to fight for it because internally I would have felt better about myself. Um, another surprise that I got from my first year was the lack of teacher well-being. And I knew that this would be a thing, um, it, like it is in most schools that, especially when you look at the statistics of early career teachers and how like they leave the teaching industry within the first five years of their teaching because of the lack of teacher well-being, like, like um, the whole pay not being um, right for the amount of work we do, the whole um, burnout and overloading and all that sort of stuff. Um, I just thought at being at a smaller school where all the staff are so lovely and communal that it would have been better than what it was. I definitely felt like as a new teacher in my first year, I was very much like chucked in the deep end and I was swimming in the dark and I had a few really lovely teachers and um, staff and people at school who were checking on, checking in on me and being like, how are you doing? I know it can be a lot. Um, or even just warning me about things coming up and being like, I thought of you when I saw this and I just wanted to make sure that someone was talking to you about it. And hundred percent of the time, no one had, they were, that was the first time I heard about it. Um, and I just didn't feel like I could like take mental health days or just take a day to catch up on reports or things like that. And I had teachers, like my mentor, she was like, I usually take a day like to do reports. Like it gets a lot at this time period. Like don't be afraid to take some time. Um, but I wasn't getting the same message from leadership and things. I was anytime I had like put in for time off, it was always a big like 20 questions. Like why, what's this for? And I understand that they need to be um, on top of like why this is so no one's like like forwarding the system and all that sort of stuff but it definitely felt like I had to have a really good reason for taking a day off and to the point where like there was a week there I was really really sick and should not have been at school at all I should have been <laughs> at home resting laying in bed watching movies um eating toast um but instead I was at school because one, I'm a hard worker, but two, I didn't feel like I could take it off. And like, there wasn't really anyone who was like, you need to go home, go home now. Um, but yeah, so lack of teacher wellbeing was another surprise for me. So um, let's move on to some success successes. So some things that I found were, that were really positive about my year. And the first one is work-life balance. Um, and obviously this doesn't like slide completely into teaching, but it's very, very important in for your well-being. And I went into my first year of teaching very conscious about trying to make an effort to balance out work and life, um, especially knowing that um, I'm a very hard worker. I like to be organized. I want to do everything 100%, 10%. I want to look like I know what I'm doing for it to be perfect all the time. Um, so I, in previous years with uni and stuff, I have a bad habit of just 
working and working myself to the ground and kind of burning out and kind of pushing through it and be like, oh, just got to get it done. Just got to get it done. So I decided first year of teaching, I'm going to start from the very start to try and make really good work-life balance habits because it's probably easier to set habits at the start than trying to um, drop habits and then start habits. So and I felt like I was really successful in this. I um, became more social with friends. We had game nights. We were going out for dinner. Like I was catching up with lots of different people throughout the week. And I had at least one night where I was just socialized. I get home and it was just purely time with my friends, which was really lovely. I joined a theater group because I'd been desperate to get back into a creative mindset since leaving high school. And I finally decided, no, this is the year that I do it. Um, and I'm so glad that I did. Um, and things like um, going to the gym and just making time for myself and trying really, really hard not to bring work home with me. Like I always had some things just in case, um, but I really tried and I could have been better at this. Um, but being your first year and you were very like you throughout your first few years, you're definitely like you're building up your resources and your knowledge of how you work best and how you want things to be. So and there were definitely a few times where I did work at home and that's okay. Sometimes you need to, um, you just don't want that to make, make that a habit where you're doing it all the time. Another success for me was the very first excursion that I did, which was in term two. Um, and I was not, talk walk through this at all I pretty much went on to the staff drive downloaded all of the paperwork filled it in as detailed as could and submitted it I made sure like I had meetings with the theater because I took them to a local um performance theater um to learn about like production roles so like sound engineering lighting stage management like events management ticketing all that sort of stuff um, and I had met several meetings with the theatre and all the people who would be involved talking about how it would run, the structure, how long, even down to some like activity ideas and just trying to make it more hands-on rather than listening just to make it engaging and fun and they were really responsive. So by the time we got to um, the excursion, it was all – um, really organized. It ran smoothly. It was so much fun. Like I, for my first excursion, I'm very proud of that experience. And it is something that I will do over and over again. And I wouldn't change a thing about it. Like I thought it was a fairly successful thing. Obviously, depending on the group I have, I'll probably cater towards needs and things like that. But generally, I thought it was a great thing. So um, one of my, my, the last success I want to talk to you about is, um, how I am starting to, within my first year, I was getting encouraged into roles of responsibility. So through my internship, they were using a program called Sector and my current school that I work at, um, they are rolling that out. And it's pretty much just a program that covers all like attendance, student notes and evidence for NCCD, like um, like your whole funding for disability and stuff. And then 
Uh, you've got planning and marking and that's just in the teacher portal and then you've got a parent portal where it has like you have your newsletters and um, communication with parents and then you've got a student portal where you can do like online like learning and all that sort of stuff. So we're just kind of rolling out the the teacher portal for it for it um, but at my internship they were fairly like onto it so I learned a lot through them about like how to use the attendance and partial care stuff and then how to plan and add in um, assessments and all that sort of stuff. So when it come to um, last year, being my first year of teaching, um, at the start of the year they were talking about sector and they didn't really have anyone who had experience with it. Um, so I was one of the ones who they approached to be kind of like the leader of sector and kind of um, – have the PD on it and then teach all the other teachers how to use it. So that was a very positive thing to already um, be asked for to step into leadership or roles of responsibility at my school um, and for them because uh, towards the end of the year I had um, the principal and the app room throughout the year tell me how they see um, leadership qualities and that they want to um, kind of um, – grow that within me which is um really lovely to hear so yeah those are a few of my successes um but let's talk about a standout so during term three and term four um my class had the opportunity of like participating in a podcast workshop and it was a two-day workshop one day in term three and then one day in term four Um, and it was just my class. It was only like one class offered and the principal approached me to do it because she felt like it would be something I was interested in, especially with after the theater excursion and her learning about kind of like my creativity and, um, kind of knowledge in the like production and sort of stuff. So she approached me to off to ask if my class would do it. And I'd be like, yeah, that'd be so much fun. Like I want to learn about it. I'm sure the kids want to learn about it. Um, and it was such a great experience we had so much fun so we learnt a lot of podcasting skills like like storytelling different kinds of podcasts that you can do um how to structure a podcast um things to talk about or how to talk kind of the wording to keep it open and interesting and um we got into like little groups and from the start I told told my kids that um this was not just something that they would participate in and I would be like a bystander I said no I'm learning growing with you and I think that's really important to ignore like highlight that with students that um you learn as well and they loved that they loved that I was a part of that learning experience with them and we kind of we got like at the end we had like this little ceremony where we like earned our beginning podcaster badges and it was just a whole lot of fun so we go into small groups and they got to choose a topic of their choice and we planned out a podcast and wrote a little bit of a um a quick script and that sort of thing and then in the second day that's when we like designed the cover art for our podcast and then we recorded them, edited and then uploaded them onto like Spotify and SoundCloud and all that sort of kind of released them. And it was just a lot of fun um, and a great experience. And we had a lot of positive feedback come back from the whole community about how amazing like our podcasts were. And we had a few kids nominated for some awards, which was really 
amazing. Um, I had some great compliments on just my involvement in the whole thing as well. So after that, I was approached by the principal to kind of be in charge of like extending that further and continuing that within the school and starting a school podcast and um, getting kind of upskilling the students a little bit more. And uh, later in the year, I'm hoping to look at um, getting the kids that I have who are in year six now, um, kind of joining with my year threes and um, kind of mentoring and being part of each other. So that um, was such a great experience. And that's kind of um, sparked my interest in podcasting and kind of one of the reasons, another reason why I'm sitting here um, talking to you now. So yeah. Um, So final thing, let's talk about the learnings um, and the things that I um, I take, I am taking from last year, my first year of teaching and bringing with me into my second year of teaching. And the first thing is focus on one thing. And this is really important because not only was I trying to do too many things at once, trying to work on my maths, trying to work on my reading, trying to work on my writing, the school had so many different focuses and they still do. And it's driving my mind mental. Um, But like we had a workshop at the start of the year on writing. So I was like, oh yeah, like we're going to spend the whole year just trying to make sure we're doing this writing program justice. But then that week, that late, like literally the next day, they were like, our focus for this year is reading. So instantly my mind is splitting through and trying to do two things really well. And then I was like, throughout the year, I wasn't doing my maths with justice. I was like trying to do that. And I just did nothing well. <laughs> no, that's, now, that's not true. But I just, I was trying, putting like all my, I wasn't putting all my eggs in one basket. I was trying to spread it out. And then I spread myself out to thing. I didn't do anything justice um, and nothing kind of worked the way that it, like I had pictured it or way that it should if I had just focused on one thing at a time. So that's what I'm kind of taking into this year is just to focus on one thing, do that thing really, really well, make it become second nature and then look at something else because it is okay if there's something happening that isn't working very well. Because if you are actively trying to improve one aspect of your teaching, then you're already doing a better job than anybody else. I have a big focus on behavior management and I'm going to go into that a little bit more in the next podcast episode. Um, But that is something that I've been very conscious about developing and just being more consistent. Um, And I've reverted back to my old plan for the start of the year and setting up for success and then just really focusing on my well-being and being willing to speak up when I'm stressed and say no this is too much this is not okay we either need to change something as a school or um I need time you need to give me time to work on this and just be willing to take days off when I need to, whether it is to catch up on some things or just to rest. Um, Yeah, that is something that I'm, some things that I'm bringing into 2022, my second year of teaching. But that brings us to the end of this very first podcast for The Graduate Teacher. So thank you so much for joining me here today. 
um, please hit subscribe so that you um, follow me along on this journey and hit that little notification button so you get automatic updates for when a new episode is released. And if you want to see some behind the scenes stuff, head over to Instagram, The Graduate Teacher um, and check out like photos and videos and all the whole behind the scenes stuff, what's happening in the classroom. Um, But thank you again and I shall talk to you next time.